When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, and welcome to the Sailing and Cruising the East Coast of the United States podcast. I'm Bala Musitz. And I'm Mike Wasserman. This is our podcast about sailing and cruising on the East Coast of the United States. Today, we're going to review the new United States Coast Guard fire extinguisher regulations that went into effect April 20th of this year, which would be 2022, that affect all boaters in the United States. But hey, first, I want to talk about this. Mike, guess where I am as we are recording this on May 5th, 2022? No idea. Are you on the ski slopes? (laughs) No, I'm not on a chairlift, but this is a remote recording session. I am actually on the boat at the marina. I I came out uh, two weeks ago uh, to start the commissioning process, the spring commissioning process on the boat. And uh, this is the last phase of that. So I was out two weeks ago, and I came out two days ago to kind of take care of uh, the last few things. And uh, the boat is actually in the water. So, you know, Mike, the spring commissioning process is interesting, right? I mean, because the boat is taken out of the water in the winter. It's put up on the hard, and you got to winterize everything. I tend to probably over-prepare, and I take a bunch of stuff off the boat. And then in the springtime... I come out and take the cover off and get the boat ready to put in the water and they put it in the water and then I come back out and I got to do a whole bunch of stuff to get the boat ready to use. So it's a, it's a fair bit of work to do every uh, fall and spring. Have, uh, have you ever had like a second home or something where you had to do that kind of stuff for the winter if you don't use it 12 months out of the year? No, I'm pretty pretty low. I mean, when I lived in Potsdam, New York, I mean, I had to take the uh, oil out of and drain the gas out of the snowblower in the winter and the rototiller <laughs> in the summer. But that's about the extent of it, Bela. So this I whole see. thing is a whole different kind of lifestyle for me. But it's interesting. Yeah. But yeah. but you're in the water. You're in the slip, right? You're yeah. So we're in the water. I'm in the slip. Uh, you know, so I got, I brought back all the bedding and the towels and all that kind of stuff, you know, the staples and food that don't need to be refrigerated. Uh, that's just because we turn the refrigerators off when we leave the boat, uh, even during the summer. Um, brought some food to eat. But I will tell you, uh, it's still May here in the Northeast, and that it does not mean summertime. It's been cold the last couple of nights. Uh, last every night I've been here, it's been like 50 degrees, uh, which is a bit chilly. So it's sort of like camping. I, I have a sleeping bag that I sleep in, uh, with my long johns on to stay nice and warm. Uh, and I actually have an electric space heater, um, that we brought, you know, the boat does have, uh, air conditioning on it and heat. So it's basically a heat pump. It can either heat or cool. Uh, but I find that it's noisy 
so mm. to try to sleep. So we just bought a little space heater uh, that's nice and quiet. It's got a thermostat on it. I think it was like $40 from Amazon, and it works great because the boat's a pretty small, confined space, right? Uh, and uh, so that's I've uh, been using that, and that works quite nice. And you're on shore power, right? So the electricity right. doesn't really matter, right? That's right. If right. you're using not your batteries, burning. you probably would make a different choice, right? Right, right, right. But if you're using batteries, I'd just get a thicker sleeping bag <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and wear a hat. Uh, so let's see, what else do we do? You know, we haven't been, uh, we haven't inspected up the mast, as they say, um, on the boat since we've owned it. Uh, that did get checked when we bought it by the surveyor. So uh, on two days ago, Andy came over. He had a day off, and uh, we hoisted him up the mast. Now that's quite a, a f- Bela. That's a good son, right? I mean, no <laughs> offense, but you're. I mean, you're in great shape, but you're a little old to be climbing a mast, right? So it's that's nice right. that your son, who you you know invested a lot in over the years, was willing to <laughs> to be hauled up, right? What does that yes. process look like? Yes, it was under the watchful eye of of Kate, his spouse. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, there are, you know, so both Andy and I and, and my other son, we, we rock climb or at least indoor gym climb. So we know a little bit about harnesses and ropes and that kind of stuff. So it was very handy. So the mast has these things called halyards, uh, which are the, the ropes that pull the sails up to the top of the mast. And uh, so what we, we do is you take one of those halyards and you hook it up to a harness, and we have some. There's, they make something called a uh, a, a bosun's chair, uh, which is sort of much more comfortable than a climbing harness. It's got like a nice. It, it's as secure as a climbing harness, but it's got a nice comfortable seat in it that you sort of sit in, uh, not just those straps that you have on a climbing harness. And like, then it's, it's got like a pockets lazy boy with it. a hook on it. Yeah. Yeah, it's got pockets for uh, tools and things like that. So we nice. have one of those. So our procedure was Andy actually puts on his climbing harness. He hooks that up to one of the halyards. We take the bosun's chair, rig that up, and he hooks that up to a, a different halyard. So he's actually hanging by two ropes uh, or two lines. And uh, then uh, I can haul him up on the, on the winch, uh, which is the same thing that you raise the sails with or, you know, adjust your sails with. So these big round drums that you wrap the rope around and it gives you a mechanical advantage and actually i have one electric winch on the boat uh so i just push the button and it sort of raises them up and then even uh, better the, for a man of yeah. your uh, maturity age right? yes <laughs> maturity thank you very nice mike uh so uh hoisted him up to the top and uh he sort of inspected everything make sure all the pins are looking good there's no cracks in any of the cables or the stays um, all of that stuff looked good. Uh, I know all the lights work at the top of the mast, uh, but he checked all the electrical connections up there and further down about halfway down the mast. Um, I have a, uh, deck light, which is a, a, a spotlight that you can turn on and it basically illuminates all of the deck at night. So if you're out sailing at night and you need to see what you're doing, uh, you can use that. And that light has not worked. And I didn't know if it was an electrical problem or if the bulb was burned out. So uh, Andy took a meter with him and uh, checked that connection out. And it turns out the bulb's burned out. So I got to buy a new bulb. So we got that debugged. So as I told him, we'll have to go back up the mast to install the new bulb. But that's only about halfway up. And uh, 
also the boat has a um a, a place for a spinnaker uh, and what they do when they rig boats is oftentimes they put what are called messenger lines in which is a very kind of small line that goes all the places where various different other lines are supposed to go up through the mast whether they be electrical wires or other things so if you need to to pull a line through the mast that's how you do it with this messenger line and uh, so there was a messenger line in there for a spinnaker halyard and uh, I got a spinnaker halyard, and we threaded that through the mast using the messenger line. So I got that done as well. So uh, that was all good. We got the rig checked. We got the spinnaker halyard installed. And we got the deck light. Uh, at least we know what to buy now, and we'll get that replaced. So that was uh, really, uh, really re very good. I'm glad he did that. And uh, it was real comfortable hoisting him up and down, and he felt comfortable. So now that we've done that once... Next time, you know, will be will be a, a a much easier thing to do. Way less stressful. Agreed. Yeah. So so yeah, there so were no that, surprises, right? Because there's only bad surprises, right? When you own a boat, <laughs> there's no good surprises. Yeah, and and when you're going up a mast, if you get a surprise, that's never a good surprise. Yeah, you don't right? you don't there's want one, surprises. Yeah, one of the worst things that can happen is when you're out sailing and there's a failure in your mast, and and the mast falls over. It'll sink your boat. I mean, that that's that can be a real disaster. So uh, you want to check all those things on a semi-regular basis. There's lots of debate on how frequently they should be changed and replaced and all those things. But, uh, you know, it was inspected three years ago when we bought the boat, and now Andy did a nice thorough inspection. So I feel good about that. Cool. Uh, let's see. Spring commissioning. What else did I do? I, uh, I replaced the engine the raw engine raw water pump so the way the engines are cooled on boats is they take seawater and and they pump it through a heat exchanger uh, and then the engine has regular antifreeze just like a, a regular car engine would uh, and there's a heat exchanger and the seawater cools the antifreeze which cools the engine and there's a a, a pump that's used to pump that seawater through and uh, there's a rubber impeller in that, and they say you should replace that periodically. Again, depending upon what you read, some people replace them every six months. Some people, you know, replace them only when they fail. Um, but uh, the boat's now, at mine's been in there. This will be its third season, and I, I took it out and looked at it. It was in really good shape, but I put a new one in there anyway. So I took care of that. Uh, and probably the thing that takes the most time, or at least uh, clock time, not effort, is sort of flushing out all of the winterizing mixture that's in the water system, right? So, you know, the boat has, you know, two bathrooms, two, three sinks, including the kitchen sink and two toilets, th three big water tanks for holding water. When I take it out of the water in the winter, I flush all the, I'll take all the water out of those and I put antifreeze in there. And so none, none of the lines freeze, but you got to kind of flush all that stuff out. So that's sort of a, iterative process to dilute that mixture <laughs> and keep getting it diluted more and more but i got that done as well so checked over everything else and all looks good nice now you told me there's some big deal with fire extinguishers what's going on there bela yeah so the united states coast guard uh, came out with some uh, revised regulations about fire extinguishers so if you have a boat and it depends on what size it is you're supposed to have uh, certain amounts and sizes of fire extinguishers. And um, <clears throat> in the past, the biggest, the biggest change is that all fire extinguishers now have an expiration date on them. 
so in the past, as long as they were serviceable, they were okay. And now, after 12 years, you have to replace them, regardless. Um, so all fire extinguishers now have a, a date of manufacturer stamped on the bottom or someplace on the fire extinguisher. And if it's more than 12 years old, uh, you got to replace it. Now, that sounds really simple, but of course, the, they phase this in over time. Uh, so I'll just go through some of those things because this is really important. You know, the, one of the worst things you can have on a boat is a fire. And you might think to yourself, well, it's surrounded by water. How bad can that be? Well, <laughs> it's awful because if the boat catches on fire, they tend to burn really well. <laughs> and yeah. they'll burn right down to the water line. And you got no place to go except in the water. <laughs> so it's awful. And, you know, I have a diesel engine. So at least the diesel's not that flammable. But if it catches on fire, it will burn. And, and fiberglass and all the wood on the inside of the boat and everything will burn great. I mean, I've seen some really awful videos of boats burning and 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 they burn they burn quite well so you really don't want to have a fire in a boat so you want to be well prepared and the best way to do that is by having fire extinguishers so here's sort of the quick checklist so first you have to check are your fire extinguishers coast guard approved right because there is a difference so you have to have coast guard approved fire extinguishers and they will say on the label if it's coast guard approved or not and you have to remember all boats are subject to Coast Guard inspection. And, you know, if you're on a small little lake around your neighborhood, there's no Coast Guard there. But out where I am, there's Coast Guard. And, you know, they have been known that just they send out the boys to, to do some, they send out the cadets to do some inspections to make sure you have all of the things you're supposed to have on a boat. So first of all, it needs to be Coast Guard approved. And then is your fire extinguisher serviceable? Regardless of the date, it needs to be serviceable. So what that means is, if you remember, all fire extinguishers have a pressure gauge on them. And it's pretty simple. If it's in the green, typically, it means it's okay. If it's in the red, it's not serviceable. They all have a lock pin on them. And that lock pin needs to be in place. That's how you know it hasn't been used. right? Because once you pull that lock pin, uh, you, it's been used. And even though the pressure is good, the pressure, typically the seal has been broken for the, that maintains the pressure and the pressure will slowly uh, go down. You got to make sure the discharge nozzle is clean and free of any obstructions and make sure the fire extinguisher doesn't show any significant signs of corrosion or damage, right? Does it have a dent in it? Is something broken on it? And out in the salt water, of course, things can corrode. So it needs to be serviceable. So if your fire extinguisher has a date stamp, is it less than 12 years old? It's typically on the bottom. And I actually checked mine, right? All of mine have the number 12 on the bottom. And at first, I didn't know what that was. I thought that was, you know, wh whoever made it uh, or something like that. But it actually stands for 2012. So that's when the fire extinguisher was made. So I have two more years on my fire extinguishers before I have to replace them because then they'll be 12 years or older. And then there's different classes of fire extinguishers, right? So there's class A, which uh, puts out water, typically. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, it typically has water in it, and, and it puts out wood and paper fires. Then there's class B, which is good for flammable liquids like grease, gasoline, or oil, right? So a kitchen fire, where you have a grease fire, you'll want to have a class B. And then class C is good for... 
electrical fires. And you can buy fire extinguishers that have multiple classes. So you can buy one that is class ABC or BC are very typical, right? ABC or BC. And uh, on a marine boat, on a boat, they have to be at least BC fire extinguishers. So that means they put out flammable liquids and they put out electrical fires. Uh, they can also be class ABC, but very common is BC fire extinguishers. That's what you typically see uh, uh, most of the time. And then they come in different sizes. So there's what's called 2A or, or 10BC, right? So that would be a BC class fire extinguisher. And a size is a size 2, there's a size 3, there's a size 4, and a size 10, <laughs> right? Uh, the higher the number, the bigger they are, which means the bigger fire they can put out. Those, those, those numbers mean something. Uh, I don't know exactly what it is, and I don't want to misspeak here. So just, just know that there's different sizes fire extinguishers. Now, interesting enough, in addition to these handheld fire extinguishers, Paradox, our boat, uh, came with an automatic uh, fire extinguisher system for the engine compartment, right? So it's got uh, some type of halon gas in it, I believe. And uh, it's got a heat sensor, just like a sprinkler system would in a, in a building. And if that heat sensor pops, it discharges the fire extinguisher, right? So it's sort of an automatic way of putting out a fire in the engine compartment. Uh, so, you know, that was kind of nice. So now let's get into the the, the things you got to think about here now that we've gone through the types of fire extinguishers. If your boat was built between 1953 and 2017, right, you, you no need to replace your fire extinguishers until they're outdated, which means 12 years, or they're not serviceable. Then you got to replace them. If your boat's newer than that, Right, it should have fire. Ex the same rule basically applies. You don't need to replace them unless it's not serviceable or it's out of date. Uh, so the the rule is sort of I don't know why they broke it in two different categories like that. It was confusing to me, but I think that the golden rule here is you need to replace them if it's outdated or if it's not serviceable. Because fundamentally, you have a fire extinguisher then that may not be reliable, which that's. That's the worst condition to be in, right? You have a fire and the damn thing won't right. work. False so security. there's sort of a little table that I found. Now, there's one really good source of information for this, and I found it to be uh, not the Coast Guard, uh, but I'm sure it's good there. I found it a little more confusing there. But at, at Boats US, uh, there's an organization called Boats US, which is like a boat owners association, and they had a very nice explanation of these fire extinguisher rules. So depending upon the length of your boat determines how many and what size fire extinguishers you need. So they break it down into, is it less than 26 feet? Then you need a certain number. If it's greater than 26 feet but less than 40, then you need more fire extinguishers that are larger. And if it's 40 feet to 65 feet, then again, you need either even more fire extinguishers and larger ones. I won't go through that table because I think uh, without looking at this chart visually, you can get it really quick, and me trying to explain it will just be confusing. Uh, but they have this but, very nice chart at Boats US. 
Yeah, and the key is is it's not one for everybody. You have to figure out what you got, and then you adjust, and it's pretty clear. So you have to be on top. It's not just one for the whole boat. It's certain types and certain sizes. So you just have to be aware of that. That's right. Interesting. Very well said, Mike. Yep. It's it depends on the size of the boat, and you need certain sizes and certain types. And you know, don't screw the, don't screw around with this. Is my advice, right? And it's better to have more. It's okay to have more fire extinguishers, right? There's nothing wrong with that. And if you get stopped by the Coast Guard and you don't meet these requirements, they can give you a summons, i.e. like a ticket, just like you would for speeding in a car, right? They yeah. can give you a ticket that you then got to pay a fine. Uh, so it, it, there's many good reasons to do this. And the best reason is for safety because the worst thing that can happen on a boat is a fire. Yeah. Well, it really, the, the, the worst thing you can happen almost anywhere is a fire. Let's be honest, right? Fire is never yes, a good thing. True. And it'd be interesting yep. if you had guidelines like this for your house or your apartment, right? It'd be pretty cool. I know I'm kind of a somebody that's a little overprepared on these things, but I know that even in my small apartment, I've got two, I've got, oh, I got four fire extinguishers, right? I've yeah. got two in the apartment, one out n- near my, my barbecue and one in the kitchen which are the two most likely places right to have a fire i would think yeah um and then i've got one in my car and then i've got one in my garage yeah that's great yeah 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 it is interesting right we have all sorts of regulations about co2 detectors and smoke alarms and all those types of things for residences uh, but we do not have them for uh any fire extinguishers but for all commercial buildings have to have fire extinguishers yeah commercial we do yeah absolutely But not yeah. for homes, which is interesting. Because you got to think, you know, fire is a bad thing. But if you have the right tools, a lot of times you can take care of it yourself. If you don't have the right tools or you don't, you know, you put water on a grease fire or something like that, you're in big trouble. So, yeah, that's interesting. right. Yeah. And again, make sure they're Coast Guard approved. Right. And I think the difference between sort of one that is Coast Guard approved and what's not Coast Guard approved is sort of the components they use and how corrosion resistant they are. Yeah. Because on a boat, if it's if it's made out of not good stuff, it's going to rust and corrode. Yep. So ma- they have a, to be U.S. Coast Guard approved. A rusted out fire extinguisher is not a, a good thing. A rusted out <laughs> anything under pressure, right, is not a good thing. That's right. That's right. That's right. So I think that's all I had on my list. Hopefully that was helpful. I'll put a link in the show notes, of course, to this Boats U.S. site. Um, that has a nice chart and table in it and goes through the explanation uh, that you can read. Um, but I think, uh, what do you think? Time to wrap this one up, Mike? Yeah, good, Bela. That was great. Thanks for kind of reminding everybody that these new rules are taking effect. And it's a good thing to think about, I think, fire safety, whether you're on a boat or on land or in your car. Uh, always a good reminder, Bela. So thanks, listeners. Hope you enjoyed this episode. And uh, having Bela from the boat is a first for, for this podcast, which is great. We hope you found the conversation interesting and thought-provoking. And as always, if you have questions about what we've discussed, feel free to get in touch with us. Our email is sailingtheeast, that's all one word, at gmail.com. Hey, and if you enjoyed the podcast, hit that follow button on your favorite podcasting application. And if you know of someone that would be a good guest for the show, let us know. I'd love to interview them and uh, have them as a guest. You know, spring and warm weather is around the corner, um, even though it's been cool here the last few nights. Uh, and uh, it'll get warmer by the time I release this episode. So Paradox is in the water. I'm a happy camper. And uh, so until next time, signing off from upstate New York. Or actually, whoa, wait a minute. You're not That's in not upstate right. New York, Bailey. I'm not in upstate Habits New York. Habits are hard this, to break. 
They are. Signing off from uh, Barrington, Rhode Island, uh, on Paradox at the marina, and our first remote podcast. Uh, thanks again for listening, and see you soon. Thanks, Bela. Stay warm and stay dry. See you next time. Thank you.